0: It's great to be back with all of our listeners today right here on Search the Scriptures. Welcome back to the program. If you're listening for the very first time, let me welcome you to the program for the first time. (laughs) We're glad you're here, and we pray that as you study with us and listen to the program today, and hopefully on an ongoing basis, you'll become impressed with the fact that we try to do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We search the Scriptures. We dig deep, look at them in depth and in detail. We try to get beneath the surface and and see what the meat of whatever the text might be is really saying, and yet we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. We want to help you learn the Bible better. I'm afraid a whole lot of churches out there today really don't have that as a primary emphasis any longer. They might talk about the Bible, they might talk about Christianity, they might talk about God and about Jesus, but they've gotten off into a whole host of social issues and they've really left the crux of the scriptures and Christianity behind. We want to help you come closer to God by helping you build your faith and that comes by hearing and learning and understanding the word of God. That's the biblical formula. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. There is no other way and there is no substitute for studying God's word if you want to have strong faith. And if your faith is strong, then you should be close to God. We want to help your faith grow stronger so that you can come closer to God. And ultimately, come to the point where you can make up your mind, based upon what you've learned from the Bible, to come all the way to God. Through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and God's Son. Repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him as your Savior and as God's Son and surrendering to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins. At that point, the blood that He shed on the cross almost 2,000 years ago is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you can come up out of that grave that we call baptism, having been buried, plunged beneath the surface of those waters. You can come up out of that clean spiritually, forgiven, redeemed, through the blood of Christ, and begin to walk that new life in Christ, having been reborn spiritually. Oh, we want to help you along that line. We really do. If you have any questions about anything that you hear us teach in this program, we encourage you to contact us. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of the program today. We always do. And if you'd like to study further, we always offer a free Bible study And when we say free, we mean free. We're not going to ask you to send us some kind of contribution or a donation or a love offering, and then we'll send you a free Bible study. (laughs) That just doesn't sound free to us. We'll send it to you free, and we'll even take care of the postage both ways. All you have to do is ask for it. We never charge anybody anything to study God's Word. So have a pencil or a a pen and a piece of paper ready. At the end of the program, we'll give you all of that information, how you can contact us. And we do pray that you will do exactly that. We're going to come back to the study that we began a couple of programs ago. And we are talking about dedication to God. And particularly, we're emphasizing that how we dedicate ourselves to God Is important. It's not just the idea that we should be dedicated to God, because a whole lot of people would interpret that in in a whole host of different ways. Some people would think that you never have to darken a church building door and you can still be absolutely dedicated to God. Well, I wonder why God sent his son to establish the church on this earth, then. You say that doesn't make sense. The church is the body of Christ, and somebody says, well, I don't think you have to be a part of a church to be dedicated to God, hmm, you need to take it up with God because the scriptures repeatedly and clearly teach otherwise. So people would interpret dedication in a whole host of different ways, but what we want to learn from this particular series of studies is that How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. And we've been looking at a text in the Old Testament. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 in the New Testament, we began by noting what the Apostle Paul said. And he said, therefore, my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, if somebody just did a surface level kind of reading of that particular passage and they did not read the fuller context in which that verse is found, they might think that God is saying, yeah, just figure it out for yourself. Whatever you want to do to be baptized, whatever you think is good, whatever feels right for you, that's good. That's not what Paul's talking about. The plan of salvation is never at issue, and it's not what Paul is talking about in that particular text. These folks to whom Paul is writing the Philippians letter are already Christians. They've already obeyed the gospel. They've been baptized into Christ, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed them of the guilt of their sins. They were reborn as they were baptized into him. That's already been done by these folks. He's writing to Christians here. He's telling them, I believe we're to understand. Now, you pay attention and you read the scriptures or listen to what God's word says, and in a very careful, thoughtful way, you make the proper applications to your personal life, how you can best Be a faithful, dedicated Christian and live that kind of life before God. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We have been looking in the Old Testament from 1 Samuel chapter 4, 1 Samuel chapter 7. We've been looking at the account of David as to how he learned this important lesson on a personal basis. David learned that how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We noted in the fourth chapter of 1 Samuel that Israel, the nation basically of God at that time, the people of God, they had gone to war with the Philistines. And so the battle was engaged and the Philistines came out victorious in that initial battle of this particular campaign. And so the Israelite battle camp they decided that they would send back to Shiloh which was where the tabernacle was located at that particular time and a central point of uh, a central place of worship for the Israelites and they would have the ark of the covenant brought into the battle camp so they sent back and Eli his two sons Hophni and Phinehas they brought the ark of the covenant which represented God's presence within Israel and among Israel, brought that to the battle camp. And oh, the Israelite soldiers were enthused. They were were encouraged. It said that they shout so loudly that the ground shook. And you might have expected the Philistine army to have cowered in fear, but they did not. They simply doubled down and they renewed their resolve. And they went into battle the next day and again resoundingly defeated the Israelite army and captured the Ark of the Covenant. And Hophni and Phinehas, the two priests who brought it into the battle camp, were killed. Now, many years later, and a lot of history transpires in the meantime, David has become king of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant had been taken captive by the Philistine army, and they took it to a number of their chief cities. Now, when I say a number of their chief cities, is because every city they took it to, problems broke out among the male population. And I believe we're to understand without question that God struck them with various maladies. And so they would move it from one chief city to another, but everywhere they moved it, the same kind of problems developed. And so they eventually sent it back into Israel, and it was kept in the house of a man named Obedidim for a number of years, quite a few years, many years. And then, as I say, as time transpires, David becomes king, and David decides that he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and reestablish a central place for worship for Israel, a good intent good desire. He wanted to honor God in an honorable way. Well, as David is bringing the ark back, then something profound happens, and David is caught completely by surprise. If we turn to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we begin reading with verse 1, note the account. Again David gathered all the choice men of Israel, thirty thousand. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from, from uh, Baal Judah to bring up there, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Of, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. Now, again, it had been kept, I might have said the house of Obedidim earlier, it had been kept in the house of Abinadab for many, many years. And so here David takes 30,000 men with him, And they have a new cart, we would probably call it a wagon or something similar to that. And it's being pulled by oxen and two of the sons of Abinadab are there to help usher the the cart and the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Now notice in verse 5. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps, and stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, And he died there by the Ark of of God. So you understand the picture. They're carrying or transporting the Ark to Jerusalem. And again, this is all good intentions on the part of David. Honorable desire on his part. He wants to honor God and serve God in this way and bring him glory. And so they're transporting the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart pulled by oxen. And somewhere along the way, the oxen stumbled, at least one of them, and Uzzah, it was probably an instinctive kind of reaction, reached out to steady the ark. And when he did, God struck him dead. In verse 8, David became angry because because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, which was Jerusalem. But David took it aside into the house of Obedidim the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obedidim and all his household. So when God struck Uzzah dead, After Uzzah had reached out to steady the ark because the oxen had stumbled, he didn't want it to turn over, so he steadies the ark, and God struck him dead. David is angry, but he's also perplexed. He doesn't know why would God strike Uzzah dead, and so he stops the procession right there. He does not continue to transport the ark into Jerusalem. Rather, he has it placed in the house of another of the Israelites, Obedidah. And he leaves it there for three, for three months. In those three months, David does his homework. And he learns this valuable lesson that how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. And that's a lesson that is still absolutely authoritative, and important for us to know today. Let's get back to our text. Verse 10 again. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obadiah the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadiah the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obadiah and all his household. Now it was told David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obadiah and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadiah to the city of David with gladness. And so it was. Now, you need to catch this. In this 13th verse, all of a sudden, there is a subtle difference indicating as to how the ark was being transported. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now notice that on the first go-round, David was having the Ark of the Covenant transported on a cart, a new cart pulled by oxen. But here in verse 13 of 2 Samuel chapter 6, after th- leaving it at the house of Obadiah for three months, David goes back to get it, and this time it talks about those bearing the Ark of the Lord. When they had gone six paces, or in other words six steps, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. When we turn to a parallel account in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, we get further insight as to what had happened. As I said earlier, during that three-month stay where David had left the ark in the house of Obededom, David went back home and did his homework. Now, in 1 Samuel, or rather 1 Chronicles chapter 15, beginning with verse 11, we understand what he came to learn during that time. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel and Asaiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab. He said to them, You are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. For because for because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. We did not consult him about the proper order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel, and the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. As I said, David did his homework during those three months that he left the ark. At the house of Obededom. And he came to understand, and this should really be a lesson, kind of a side lesson for us. He came to understand that according to the law of Moses, given hundreds of years before, they had, and I say hundreds of years, it it had been a long time before, a great many years, that there was a prescribed way to transport the Ark. And that was by manner of poles that were fashioned to slip through rings that were fastened to the sides of the Ark. And the Levites, and only the Levites, which were the... Levitical tribe or the priestly tribe, they were kind of, if you want to think of them this way, as the spiritually focused tribe, they were the ones and only they were the ones who were supposed to transport the ark from one place to another. And they would do it again by sliding these poles through those rings on the side of the ark. And then they would hoist it up and a certain number of Levites would bear it forth on their shoulders. Thinking about what that subtle difference that I said was there in First Samuel, I'm sorry, 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 13, it was no longer that second time David went to get it from the house of Obadiah. it was no longer being transported on a cart, but remember When those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. So David had learned his error, and not only his error, but apparently everybody else had pretty much forgotten how to do this too. Whenever you get away from God's word for a long enough period of time, you forget God's word. And it might seem rather amazing to us that That when David comes along and is dedicated as he was to God, that apparently nobody, at least nobody, spoke up and said, David, you're not supposed to transport the ark on a cart, and you're not supposed to be the one transporting it. It's supposed to be borne on the shoulders of Levites on poles that have been fashioned for that specific purpose. And only Levites can do the transporting. But the indication would seem to be that pretty much everybody had forgotten that. And as a result, ultimately, Uzzah died. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. David learned this important, vital lesson. In fact, how we dedicate ourselves to God is probably just as important as whether we are dedicated to God. Now, I know that this flies in the face of predominant denominational thought today, that method doesn't really matter as long as your heart is good, supposedly. But let me tell you, if your heart is right, you will want to follow the methodology prescribed by God in his word. David's lesson shouts out long and loud this principle. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important, not just whether we are dedicated to God. Our time is up for today, so we're going to stop and park here. We'll come back and we'll start looking at some specific applications of this principle in our next program. We've got the principle down now. Now we need to look at how do we apply this principle. Be sure to tune back in next time. In the meantime, write down that information that I told you about as to how to contact us and do that and ask for that free Bible study. We'll send it to you. We'll take care of the postage. You can also have a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. We hope to hear from you right away.